Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum, an internal audit and compliance consulting firm headquartered in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm also a well-known speaker on topics like COSA's new framework that was issued in 2013, SOX 404, quality assessment reviews and internal auditing and related topics. Today's interview is with Dan Swanson, president of Dan Swanson and Associates. Dan has over 30 years of experience in internal audit, information security, information systems, management consulting, and project management. He has an extensive background in the financial services, healthcare, and transportation sectors, as well as significant experience in auditing all levels of governmental agencies. He has completed audit and security-related projects for more than 30 organizations, including the Canadian Air Force, Investors Group, World Bank, City of Winnipeg, and many more. Dan has served as managing editor for the EdPAC's publication since 2006, which is now in its 42nd year, and has been a columnist for new perspectives on healthcare risk management for nearly six years. Dan is a freelance writer and has published over 200 articles, and his most notable book sold on Amazon is Swanson on Internal Auditing, Raising the Bar. Welcome, Dan. Well, thanks a lot uh, for inviting me to speak today, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, same here, Dan. What We were really uh, looking forward to setting up this interview, and one of the first things that came to mind for us and our organization and listeners was to find out what was the inspiration for you to write your book, Swanson on Internal Auditing, Raising the Bar? Um, well, I'm very passionate about internal audit for, for many years, probably 25 plus, and I sort of backed into the book itself. Uh, what happened was I started a monthly column for Compliance Week for about three years and wrote uh, concise articles in regards to internal audit. Um, subsequent to that, I, I, I wrote a series of six IT audit guides on various uh, IT topics, and then I took on a quarterly column with uh, uh, healthcare. Uh, regarding internal audit for about five, six years. Um, so after about that five years' worth of writing, um, a few people convinced me to to take a look at writing the book, and, and I spent a year and a half uh, consulting everything, updating everything, and putting it all in one place, and uh, published it in uh, 2010. Right. We, we uh, did some research on the book, and it seems like a, a very good evergreen kind of book. In other words, there's some basic auditing principles that are shared in the book, um, and it's very comprehensive as well. And I, I love the fact that you're bringing to light the story of the inspiration that um, you, know, you were already out in the marketplace publicizing and pushing out you know, IT audit-related items in, in various ways uh, via columns, etc., but Really, uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, some of your colleagues and friends push you to actually put it together, you know, in a package format that anybody can uh, easily buy on Amazon. So I'm, I'm very grateful and thankful that some of your friends were able to push you in that right direction. 
Um, it, it, it's also useful for, for a variety of levels. Uh, I mean, it's written for the audit executive and audit manager for sure. Uh, but, you know, people getting into the profession, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very informative. Uh, it covers a wide range of topics. Uh, it's focused on internal audit, IT audit, uh, information security, and then uh, just good practice information in general. So it it has a, a lot of different uh, stakeholders that that would be that would find it very useful. Uh, and I would agree with that comment, especially given the fact that for senior auditors, you know, even though the book um, has some highlighted key areas for executive management and auditing. Uh, you know, as a senior auditor, having gone through the public accounting uh, route, uh, I recall it was a very task-oriented job, you know, just tick and tie this. But the book highlights for someone how, how do they measure results or success, right, to a project and, and how to view things more on a, a grander scale rather than just the nitty-gritty task-related activity. So that's a key element, I think, that people, readers are going to find from the book is they, they get a comprehensive view as well. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit on, on some priorities. Uh, people are looking to the new year, and I wanted to find out what are some of the key priorities uh, in 2014 regarding IT auditing and how do you think it impacts this transition period to the new COSO framework? Uh, well, that's that's a broad question. Um, I, I think every year, uh, at the beginning of the year, we we look at uh, priorities for the new year, and uh, for any large organization, uh, there's there's ongoing priorities that are year over year uh, there every time, and then there's the emerging and, and new initiatives related to the investment. Uh, with the new COSO framework being uh, introduced uh, for organizations that are transitioning to that uh, framework. Um, there's the additional uh, aspect of, of general controls, uh, the, new, the new framework for COSO, and, and how uh, the IT function is going to be supporting uh, the, uh, the CSOX program. As, as far as key priorities, I mean, it's very organizational specific. I, I, I'm not a, high proponent or a strong proponent of lists. Uh, I, think, I think we need to keep track of what other people are saying, what, what some of the priorities are, and, and keep it to broad uh, categories. And then within the organization, uh, you have to work through uh, what's relevant for your audit plan for your organization. I, I wrote up uh, five, uh, five key topics for, for my list for 2014. Uh, large IT technology projects um, is, is at the top of the list for me. The, uh, the ongoing investment in IT and, and, and bringing systems current and, and bringing technology current within organizations is, is a major priority and focus for most organizations. Uh, I have IT security as number two. I think the ongoing challenge to protect our information, to keep our systems reliable and, and uh, highly available, and that uh, we don't get hacked, is, is a never-ending task, a never-ending challenge. And uh, by auditing those program areas, uh, internal audit can contribute to the uh, organizational success. Um, my third one was IT governance, and, and that's a broad topic and, and subject to definitional issues. Uh, but fundamentally, I'm talking about the IT plans, IT management of, of efforts, and uh, the linkage to enterprise strategic uh, directions. And so uh, IT governance 
um, from an audit standpoint, you'd have to, again, be organizational specific and uh, determine uh, how, how IT is being managed and governed, and then what's the most appropriate way to uh, evaluate uh, that area. And I think uh, some of these are, are huge elephants, and within the course of, of 2014, uh, we should have uh, projects related to these broad topics. My fourth topic area was emerging technologies. And depending on the industry that you're involved with, emerging technologies may be your business uh, or may be supporting uh, cost of uh, improving your cost of operations, for example. And so uh, emerging technologies, you need the IT audit specialist to look at those areas um, and contribute to our controls and, and changes in controls from the result of implementing technologies. Uh, BYOB uh, comes to mind. The, the last area I had was uh, IT general controls. And their uh, evaluation of general controls on an ongoing basis uh, typically are part of the CSOX uh, program. And with the COSO framework being adjusted, uh, there is a little bit increased emphasis on, on technology and technology controls. And uh, even though we're into year nine, year 10 in the sense of CSOCs program for many organizations, I think uh, 2014 will be an opportune time to revisit the program, uh, look at its priorities, look how uh, IT general control evaluations can contribute to those representations, and as well to identify uh, opportunities for improvement, uh, efficiency of um, uh, access management, for example. And then finally, uh, in the sense of looking elsewhere for good information, I particularly like the annual productivity survey on IT audit priorities. Uh, it's a, generally a, a very comprehensive study and uh, would present uh, from a more bottom-up, you know, what are the top 50 things you should consider and definitely uh, should be researched and reviewed. Right. I, I, I'm familiar with those uh, surveys that they put out. And, and like you said, it's, it's pretty voluminous in terms of the entire list, but you can always put them in those buckets, especially that number two item you were speaking to, which is the security element. Um, I mean, just uh, not only a, a few weeks back, but uh, even today there was a recent press release about Target um, and its consumer data, credit card information data, that the security breach actually has more than doubled the original number. So uh, in terms of list of priorities, I could tell you from what we're hearing locally uh, here, it, it's definitely a big issue. Um, and, and you're right, it, it is organizational uh, driven type of priorities, right? So uh, br bring your own uh, device uh, might be something that's, you know, pending an organization and security around that and inventory and access rights, et cetera. Or it could be, you know, like you said, uh, updating those uh, antiquated systems up to the, the new uh, latest uh, technology, assuming it aligns to the organization's, you know, overarching objectives of why they're in business. Um, and, and I like the way that you've kind of spelled out those priorities in a more comprehensive way because the other studies and surveys that we see, like you stated earlier, it's, it's a lot of information, but ultimately you can get them down to your list uh, in terms of those buckets. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit on, on something that I know that you're very passionate about. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about EdPACS, what it stands for, for our listeners who don't know what, it, what that is, and also its primary focus? 
So EdPax is a is a long time uh, IT audit publication. It's uh, it's actually the the very first uh, IT audit publication. It's been operating for about 42 years now. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be the managing editor for the past uh, seven eight years, and and we have a, a dynamic editorial board that uh, participates in the review and comment on on every article that gets published. Uh, we publish about 288 pages a year, generally around 25 articles a year on a variety of leading-edge topics uh, focused uh, primarily around IT audit. Uh, we, we, do, we do delve into IT security, IT governance, as well as uh, risk management. EDPAX uh, goes back to the, the actual name is uh, EDP Audit Control and Security, and, and it reflects, you know, the, the 42 years ago, it was all about uh, electronic data processing. So it's got uh, its roots in there. <clears throat> as a security publication, um, or as, sorry, as a as a managing editor, I, I try to make uh, each year uh, the articles published each year uh, to be current and relevant to today's challenges, and uh, it's all volunteer driven in the sense of the authors as well as the editorial board. Uh, so it's it's. Um, a continual search for new new articles, new topics, and, and new authors. So I'm always on the lookout uh, for good papers, good articles. We we run um, varying lengths of articles. One of the um, strengths of Edpax is that we can run articles upwards of uh, four or five thousand words, uh, which really gets you lets you get into the issues related to a topic. Um, over the last couple of years, we've shortened the articles um, a fair bit, uh, more now into 1,500 to 2,000 words, and and so we get more, a little bit more articles per year, and a little bit more high-level um, uh, overview of the issues and the risks for various topics. Uh, it's available on the on the website. Uh, Taylor and Francis is the pub, pub, publisher, and um, I think my contact information will be. Uh, provided in due course. So if anyone has any further questions on a detailed level or is interested in uh, in writing, uh, please give me a call. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a, first off, it's a wonderful concept and I understand some of its roots is, is the electronic data processing. Um, and for us auditors, uh, you know, that, that CAT, computer-assisted audit technologies or techniques, uh, I, I love the fact that it's it's grounded in community. That that was the first thing that I noticed. Uh, like you said, it's volunteer. There's uh, several writers, um, and I know you're on the hunt for new writers. So it's I'm glad that you're opening the doors to our listeners to uh, invite them in to see if maybe they want to be part of the community to share information uh, of what they think are leading issues um, in, in this space. So thank you for offering that to our listeners. Um, wanted to to kind of delve into. Um, other IT initiatives, and more importantly, that large comprehensive IT initiatives are becoming more the norm, not less. Uh, what's, you know, some of your key recommendations for auditing major IT projects? Um, well, thank you for asking. The, this, this area is a particular uh, passion of mine. Uh, I, I'm 
that's a specialty area for myself. I, I've completed uh, over 100 project assessments over the years of varying sizes and, and complexity. And, and organizations um, have to invest in their technology, have to upgrade um, their infrastructure, have to upgrade their, their business applications uh, to be competitive. And, and this is just an, an ongoing and, and actually uh, rapidly advancing area. From an audit perspective, uh, it, particularly within the IT audit, but even at the at the corporate audit level, I, I think an investment in, in auditing uh, some of the major initiatives of the company uh, is vital to uh, assessing the risk and assessing uh, the changes to controls, the changes to the control environment, and and the uh, likelihood of success on, upon implementation. My key recommendation is to get involved early, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a full-time uh, involvement either. It could be uh, finding out uh, what the project is about, what the uh, project governance is, is, how it's organized, and, and what are the intent and plans. So uh, like a preliminary assessment of the risks to the, uh, to the organization. I would highly recommend studying the Institute of Internal Auditors uh, GTAG on that topic, uh, number 12, uh, auditing uh, IT projects, and uh, that paper is about uh, 30, 35 pages, was developed a few years ago, and, and reflects uh, the research from the IAA on uh, what, what are some of the key issues, key areas of, of large projects that corporate internal audit should get involved with. Uh, we certainly have to focus on pro, pro, project governance and project and program management. Um, we, we want uh, strong risk management and uh, project governance and project management uh, facilitate uh, early identification of issues and the appropriate escalation of problems. Uh, we certainly have to promote comprehensive architectural efforts. Uh, we have to design the quality in. We have to uh, see how the pieces fit together. And architecture is, is, the, is the process and, and the management practice that helps to put that together. Um, I, I'm a high proponent or a strong proponent of learning, uh, so you need to check out the webinars and papers that are out there regarding good practices. Uh, I, I've done several uh, webinars on the topic, and, and many others have as well. Um, I would start with the IA's GTAG though on on the subject. It's for $25 if you're not a member, or free if you are a member. It, it's a priceless paper on why we should be auditing uh, IT projects. Today. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of the GTAG items as well, um, and also the GATE methodology, which is you know the IAA standard for for auditing IT. And and you're right. I mean, it's um, they have there's several of them, and, and one of my favorites is actually on cloud computing, which oddly enough, um, because has updated their framework, but they also published something on cloud computing because the marketplace was starting to demand. Hold on, you're updating your framework, um, but you've said very little to almost nothing about cloud computing-related items. And last year, they finally came out with something in terms of guidance and materials. But it, it's not odd to me that it strategically aligns to those G tags and those gate methodology uh, uh, items that the IA has published. Um, and, and a lot of people forget that COSO is actually, you know, the, the name is you know, the Committee of Sponsoring Organizations, right? And one of those organizations is the IA. 
So they had a lot to do with the uh, structural or the development of that uh, free PDF that people can download. So you don't even have to be a member of anything. You just go to COSA's website and start getting cloud computing guidance. But the G tag is priceless. Uh, we have found that instrumental in a lot of our uh, audits uh, for clients as well. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I wanted to – oh, go ahead. Yeah, and and I, I guess I should reiterate as well that uh, I, I was highlighting GTAG number 12 in, in, mm -hmm. in regards to auditing IT projects. There are many, many other GTAGs. I think we're up to 16 or 17 at this point. And uh, so there's one on IT governance. There's one on IT security. Um, there, there's one on change. There's one on general controls. And, and so the whole series contributes to your IT audit program and, and the interlink as well by studying you know, what's recommended for application change. Uh, you know, you'll get ideas for other audits as well. So it, it, Priceless does come to mind uh, over and over again. Yeah, and, and I have heard uh, some uh, organizations ask uh, our firm, well, where can I start in terms of writing a policy and procedure on a particular IT-related item? And I said, well, if you read GTAG, it's it, like 80 to 50% of what you need to have in your PMP is right there. So, so really, it's just how your organization is going to implement some of those recommendations and, and, and core concepts in these. And uh, as internal auditors, you know, we're supposed to be objective, but we can always lead people to the best source or set, uh, set of uh, guidance materials, and the GTAG is, is definitely one of those killer items that everybody can gravitate towards. Um, I wanted to switch gears to, to ERM, or Enterprise Risk Management. Um, you know, it, it, there's another area driving significant organizational management of risk and the improvement of risk management. What are some of your key recommendations for the auditing of risk management? Um, well, this certain could be a topic onto itself. There's no doubt. Um, so I thought I'd come with uh, some of the highlights, and then and then we can determine how far you want to explore it. Um, I, I think from an, a corporate audit standpoint, assessing the organization's efforts to implement ERM on a timely basis is a is a key audit priority. And uh, certainly it's context-specific in the sense of, uh, you know, the maturity of your organization, uh, how you've organized ERM, and, and where it's going in the next couple of years. Uh, so your assessment has to, to, to take into consideration all those different types of factors, who's sponsoring the ERM efforts, uh, how formal it is, uh, what type of committees are in place, how it links up to your uh, CSOX program, and and how uh, IT risk management is, is being considered as well uh, in the context of IT audit priorities. Um, after we've done that sort of survey of where we're at today in the sense of current state, uh, I think we need to tailor our audit approach to, to the most appropriate. If, if the organization is just starting out on ERM, uh, maybe there's an advisory aspect, a consulting aspect of, of looking at uh, what their plans are and what are some of the good practices and, and providing uh, research information like you mentioned with the GTAGs. Um, if it's been around for a few years, uh, you know, three, four, five years, and is emerging into a, a real uh, sustainable program, and they're ready to take it to a new level, uh, perhaps the audit could be looking at, you know, where are we at today? What are the gaps and opportunities? Uh, what, what are the areas that should be improved upon? And independent from the ERM function, which is which is living the day to day. Uh, improvement effort, uh, the audit could, could provide a, a formal 
comprehensive assessment of where we should go next. And then uh, if, if it's a long-term program, and many organizations have a very uh, well-established ERM program, uh, particularly in some industries, and, and there it's more into continuous improvement and, and trying to t tweak it to another level. And again, audit could uh, look at that from a, from a comprehensive audit perspective. Uh, so it, it, I guess to summarize, it's, it's very organizational specific. It relates specifically to the maturity of the program and to the approach of the program. Uh, I think the last sort of con major consideration is your whole governance of the organization and, and what type of regulatory requirements uh, you're living under in the sense of your industry. Um, there, there are many uh, uh, regulatory areas, uh, particularly in the finance, uh, financial services area, um, where the regulators are, are pushing for uh, more and more robust uh, ERM practices. And, and we do need, the organization as a whole needs to be moving to where we need to be and not where we, we are today. So we continually have to look out for uh, new requirements, new practices, and, and be uh, continually improving uh, across the board. Yes, and I, I wanted to comment a little bit about uh, policies on risk management. Uh, I've done several training courses on, on just internal auditing and as well as the COSA's new framework, but in the refreshed new framework, uh, Principle 19, because you, you know us auditors, we're a very principles-based approach, but Principle 19, uh, 9, Principle 9 talks about in risk in the risk assessment component, you know, how is management assessing the changes that could impact the, the, the system of controls, right? So the word could, right? It's not that you know it's happened, it's not past, it's more future state. And whenever I, I speak, I, I ask just a, a general question of, okay, who has a risk management policy or a risk policy related to the compliance process or it could be the financial reporting process for compl compliance with SOX, et cetera? And I get a lot of people raising up their hands, and I say, well, what's, what's in it, right? And, and the typical answer is, well, it's a large Excel spreadsheet, and it has this data, it has these columns, and then we finally get to high, medium, and low risk. And I said, well, that's not a policy. That's the result of a bunch of activities that you've taken, you've, you've taken a lot of different data, it could be historical data, forecasted data, and then you're, you're uh, assigning some type of uh, metric to come up with a conclusion of high, medium, and low, but that's not a policy, right? A policy is, is more comprehensive where if someone independent of the organization were to read through it, the end objective is I could tell or repeat th those same activities and reach similar conclusions that you reached. And so in an exercise, I've done this in, in, a few, in a few occasions where we just do a quick workshop. What would, what's just the, if you had to write the table of contents, okay, for a risk management policy, what would have to be in, in it besides, and what I tell them is, intro is the only thing I'm giving you. Of course, there's going to be introduction or a background, whatever you want to call it. Now, everybody, let's fill in the meat of the headers of what needs to be included. Right, And in the workshop, we come up with at least maybe 12, 15 different items, right? And I flash forward to a government agency that it's a risk management policy for hazardous waste material. And guess what? 
it's almost a mirror image every single time I do a workshop on just a risk management policy for Sarbanes-Oxley. And the reason is, is that most of the participants are smart enough, they understand it's, it, the table of contents needs to be more principles-based. And when you get to that point, people get, oh, okay, yeah, now I know why it's important to have a policy. The second item I bring up in the workshop is in a quality assessment review, which internal audit departments need to, it's a must, they must have it once every five years based on the IIA standards, the top seven common findings, these are failures of the internal audit group, okay, is they don't have a documented risk management process. Right? They have nothing to go by other than an Excel spreadsheet that has high, medium, and low in terms of their conclusion. But how they got there, what they look like, who's approved this policy, all of that's not written down. So I'm glad that you're highlighting this because it's one of my passions in a quality assessment review. And in my workshops, I bring in the COSO transition, but I'm also bringing something practical that they can take home, or I should say work, <laughs> to work on the next day, and they already have to meet, uh, you know, laid out in terms of a table of contents. Um, so that being said, Dan, I just want to first off say thank you so much for, for coming on the show with us. Um, it's just been a, a wonderful interview that you've, you've allowed our listeners to kind of get your thoughts and pick your brain a little bit on some of the priorities. And I know everyone listening is, is very grateful as well for your insights. So just as a quick reminder for everyone listening, you can find Dan's recent article on our blog at www.avivaspectrum.com forward slash blog. And please do check out Dan's book on Amazon, and that's titled Swanson on Internal Auditing, Raising the Bar. This is Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum, signing off. <laughs>